1: Log Talk Radio.
0: Good afternoon, everyone. This is Patty Holstron, and this is K Vod Radio. I am on live today with John Cinehetti from Wizards of the Coast. We're so happy to have him here today. John is a Senior Creative Director for Dungeons & Dragons which Wizards of the Coast has brought since 2007. He will also be the Art Industry Guest of Honor at Levecon 39 this year over Mother's Day weekend May 9th to 12th. John has provided art direction, graphic design, management of various art-related teams producing material used and product products brought to market. He has received numerous awards for his work in publishing, gaming, and marketing. He has worked as an illustrator, potter, Photographer, graphic designer, 3D modeler and animator, art director and creative director. He's dedicated to mentoring young artists and growing the creative community. And yet, John finds time to enjoy motorcycling and blacksmithing. Aren't those two polar opposites? <laughs> John was honored in 2010 as Chelsea Award for Best Art Director. I can imagine why. And more recently, his participation was requested in the jury for the upcoming Spectrum 19 art selection process. We have a little update on that one. So with no further ado, is that you, John? This is John. <laughs> How are you doing?
1: I'm doing great, Patty. How are you today?
0: I'm doing better. Well, <laughs> yeah, gotten that nasty stuff last week, and we've just been trying to get out get it out of our systems As you would you would think that here we are in Arizona. we never get sick here in a warm <laughs> you know, so that's just I, think
1: <laughs> I think germs don't go live everywhere,
0: <laughs> yeah. Yeah, viruses spread faster than anything in the heat. <laughs> yeah. So I, I, hopefully you heard a little bit of the intro.
1: <laughs> I did. Wow, I, I impressed myself there for a little while.
0: <laughs> so, I mean, I did tell people, you know, kind of uh, who you work for. So would you mind explaining a little more about uh, Wizards of the Coast Hasbro and how that, uh, you know, what what products they work on and and how that works into what you do?
1: Sure, I'd be happy to. So, I'm the senior creative director at Wizards of the Coast, uh, which is a subsidiary of Hasbro. And so, um, we're primarily known for we have three key brands here at Wizards of the Coast. Uh, we do uh, Magic: Gathering, Dungeons of Dragons, and Duel Masters slash Kaijudo, which is uh, um, uh, one of our uh, one of our younger brands. Mm-hmm. And so, I'm the creative director on Dungeons of Dragons. And so, essentially, what my job is is anything that there's – any place there's a visual component, whether it's on uh, uh, our tabletop RPG stuff or our comic books or our uh, video games, any place we have visuals, ultimately um, the finger comes down to me of making sure that it ties in with the world and um, fulfills on the brand promise of what we're supposed to be doing with our visuals.
0: Well, you have visual on everything.
1: (laughs) (laughs) Yes, we do. So it's pretty broad. I mean, so in, in the course of a day, I'll I'll do everything from work on uh, our, our RPGs to uh, doing a novel cover, or working with the comic uh, folks doing comics, or working on you know world building with the uh, video games. So it's it's a really varied, rich job. So it's a lot of fun.
0: Now, I would think that you would have uh, multiple art directors there to handle certain things. Is that the case there?
1: That is the case. I have three other art directors uh, Daniel Jellin, who handles all my games. Um, Kate, uh, uh, my brain just died. I hate when it happens.
0: (laughs) I hate when they happen (laughs) too.
1: (laughs) But yeah, Kate and Mary are also, they're two of my art directors on the print side, so they do a lot of the uh, tabletop RPGs and and, uh, tabletop gaming stuff.
0: Awesome. And, and so you know, who you're, you're, Hasbro has got their fingers in almost everything. with would think. Uh, I can't think of anything they don't have their fingers on.
1: <laughs> well, there's a few things they don't. But yeah, the Hasbro's is pretty pretty big, and they've got a lot of a lot of good IPs underneath their belt. So uh, we're in good company. We're we're playing in the realms of you know Monopoly and Transformers and My Little Pony and all that fun stuff. But um, our brands are decidedly much more mature. They're much more uh, adult-themed and oriented, so you you, uh, you won't see too many of the uh, the same venues as you would, you know, My Little Pony. So.
0: Well, you know, I, I learned from experience uh, about a year ago that My Little Pony, for some people, is not My Little Pony I grew up with. So. <laughs> no, it's
1: not, it's not, <laughs> especially when you start talking about the bronies, which is, you know, the the, the boy side of the, the whole brand.
0: Yeah, and uh, it just was a little shocking to me, it was like, what? <laughs> yep. But, uh, yeah, that's to each his own, I always say. Yep. And I would say that, you know, I grew up with friends who loved, you know, D&D. hmm I uh, didn't get into it too much myself, uh, as I was more an active person. I, I you know, was in the clubs and uh, dancing, and and you know, uh, was a majorette, that kind of thing. So, I didn't get into you know the gaming aspect, but I had a lot of geek friends. So, mm-hmm. <laughs> uh, so they all liked uh, the you know the D and D and uh, world building, and it wasn't until I you know uh, started really writing. That I realized that world building was important, and especially with the aspect of science fiction, and right? Fantasy. And so that's what you guys do—you world build.
1: I do, a yeah. That's actually a significant portion of my job is doing that world building. So you know, I I work with uh, a number of writers and uh, folks, and we we spend a lot of our time dreaming up creatures and monsters and um, trying to figure out and flesh out the world to sit here and understand what the cultures are like, um, all the characters who are within those, those realms. And so it's a, it's a lot of fun, especially when you're dealing with Dungeons & Dragons, which is such a, it has a number of different worlds that you work within. Uh, our main one is Forgotten Realms. And that, that in itself is just, I mean, it's an Earth-sized world, and there's a lot of space and a lot of places to have stories happening in that world.
0: Say so you need to know the backstory, and so what you do is build the backstory first, and then and then you know whatever the story is that's going on before you, right?
1: Right. So we, I mean, the great thing about Dungeons and Dragons is it's been around for almost forty years. So we've got forty years with a story just lying there, um, and we just we were constantly going over and pulling bits out of that, and then trying to take the story forward through the through the years too. So we've got. Uh, some great writers that do a lot of our novels we got Ari Salvatore and uh Ed Greenwood and a number of these guys who are doing just doing fantastic novels that 's the turn carry the storyline forward every year, and so we 're constantly uh continuing that world and continuing building the events that happen within the world
0: Wow uh is there anything that's coming up that we that you you can actually tell us about? <laughs>
1: Well, we've got uh, a couple of big things that have been happening. We've got uh I just we just launched a new comic line that started this month uh with Ra Salvatore and Gino Salvatore as the writers uh and the great some really super great art. It's called the Cutter series and it's a it's a Drow inspired uh storyline. Um uh, we've got the D&D Neverwinter uh action MMOs which is going to be going open beta at the end of the month and then going truly open uh probably uh sometime next month probably and uh and other than that we've got all kinds of fun stuff that we'll be announcing when we hit Gen Con, which is in august and uh just i mean we there's things going on every day i mean the best place to try and keep up is on our website, which is at wizardds is the which is at at, <laughs> at wizards dot com slash d and d and uh, you, there's all kinds of fun stuff you can find out, because we've got articles going up every day and all kinds of interesting things going on every day. So the other big thing we're doing is we're in the middle of our play test for our new edition of D&D, um, and that's been going on for almost a year now, and uh, that's been going really well, and we're testing that whole that new uh, rule system with the public, and you know, allowing them to get in and uh, express their opinions on and help guide the growth of the D&D as it moves forward in the, f- in the future on the tabletop RPG.
0: And when you say D&D, do you spell that out, or do you do d and
1: Oh uh, For the website, yeah, it's just D-N-D.
0: Oh, okay. Yeah. just wanted to give everybody um, the line here, let them know. Oh, okay. Part of what I do... So, everybody, just so that way you know, you know, you can call in. Like, I don't have to have John by myself here. Uh, so, so, you know, I see you guys sit there listening in the dark there. You guys can actually come up and actually say something. So, uh, see you in chat. You can come come forward and ask questions if you don't want to call. Uh, it's obviously in chat. It's right below the information about the uh, this particular episode and i if you have a question or comment i would definitely forward it if you want to call in to 714 242 5145 so and at any given day you touch on a lot of different projects how do you keep up with that
1: um, Wow, that's a great question uh, i have lots of sticky notes all over my cube um, <laughs> and then i have uh, we have some we have numbers of different uh, project managers that help me uh, keep things in line. we got got software. I mean, there's just lots of little stuff going on. But, yeah, sticky notes are probably – I would die without sticky notes.
0: So you deal with the authors themselves and you know, people who actually create, help you create the world, and then you also deal with the artists. Yes. Now, how does that work with you? I mean, you. how do you find your artists?
1: Oh, that's a that's a big question. Um, I do a lot of stuff. So uh, we have a, an, a submission uh, online submission where people can just send uh, uh, samples of their of their art or a URL to their online portfolio. They could just send that to uh, our email, which is at artdrop at wizards dot com. Um, I also go to lots of conventions, um, schools, uh, lots of different events where I just meet with artists. Um, I also write a blog called the theartorder.com, um, which is uh, uh, a blog that I write about the business side of illustration, and we do challenges about once every month or so, and people can enter that in and sit here and get seen by other art directors and other artists in the industry and get judged by that, and so through all those different avenues, I'm I, I meet artists and then also through referrals I meet artists as well and so um on average I will work, I'll work with anywhere between 100 and 200 artists in a, in a year wow uh, sometimes more sometimes less just depends on what projects we've got going on um you know and it's everything from uh concept art to full on illustration to character design uh some 3D we do some 3D work every now and then animation uh, I've done a couple of, a number of animations um, you know, and so it's pr- really varied, again, about all the different types of artists that I'll work with. And so the, I'm always looking for new folks, you know, whether they're cartographers or env- environmental artists or fashion designers. I mean, I, right now I've been look, talking to lots of fashion designers to sit here and bring in that that expertise and that specialization into some of the work that I'm doing in, in my world building. So it's really varied of all the type of people I'm looking for.
0: Wow. So, uh, are you trying to build some, cos- you know, cosplay going on? <laughs>
1: Not necessarily a cosplay, but one of the big things I like to do is in my development is really to dig into cultures. And so, when I'm talking about, oh,
0: okay. you know, a,
1: a region within a world, I really like to sit here and say what makes this region different from every other region, so I really like to start talking about, you know, the costume and the textiles that they use and the color palettes and the different materials, and so it's really great to bring somebody who has fashion experience to sit here and really have those conversations because they can really nail down the differences between different regions and build a really nice palette uh, for us to move forward in our world building so that, as I'm talking with illustrators who can go on and illustrate these, I can start... Showing them actual fabric swatches and colors, and so they can they really get a sense of oh this this is what goes on here. So that when we do illustrations of people in town, I can look at the people in town. It's not it's just not this generic Renfair you know motley crew running around. I can actually look at it and say oh there's somebody from this region, there's somebody from that region, and so that's one of the big things that we're shooting to do nowadays.
0: What, you know? You have to go go to that detail for world building. That's great yeah so if let's say you had you were an artist and uh you wanted to impress you, what kind of person what kind of person uh would you be looking for? What is it that sets one artist apart?
1: Oh wow, that's a great question too you know obviously, their body of work is the first place they get my attention, you know, so when I see a portfolio or I see samples of somebody's work, um the level of quality and the thoughtfulness of their other of work is what really catches my eye. And so and I look for different things, you know. It's like when I'm looking for an illustrator, I'm looking for um I'm looking for a really lovely painterly look. I'm looking for folks who have great storytelling in their illustrations, who have great hand skills. For c- concept art, I'm looking for people who really think outside the box, who are always coming up with, you know, they don't look at the same thing and say and say this creature is the same creature is the same creature. They always come up with something fresh and new, and they have a different take on things. You know, for animators, I'm looking for folks who really understand motion and attitude and and uh, and uh, movement in the body. So there's lots of different things, you know. And then you just and beyond that, then what I'm really looking for is I'm looking for folks who are uber pro- professional. They're just you know they're on the top of their game. Uh, they communicate well. They're, they make sure that every email comes to me has contact information in it, so that it can say, "Okay, I know how to call them or contact them if I need to." You know, and so that's that's the type of stuff I really look for when I'm looking for an artist.
0: Yeah, there's so many artists with different, uh, you know, so different styles. Uh, is there anything that in the styles that sets them apart that you are looking for for your specific uh, projects?
1: uh that's a you know that's a great question and the fun thing about that is because of all the, the the fun different venues i have that i get to work in i get the opportunity to work in lots of different styles so obviously when i'm working the comic books they have their own look and so i'm looking so when i'm looking for styles i i start looking at an artist from the idea of where do i think they can fit in into the ecology of our brand so when I'm talking to some people, I'll say, okay, this would be a great fit for our comic books or this would be a great fit for um, the, our TRPG or this might be a great fit for our novels. And so each, there's lots of different styles. I work with probably about eight or ten different styles depending on what, where the sales market or what market and what demographic we're trying to hit. And so um, I'm always kind of looking at those things. And, I mean, even every now and then I'll get a really wacky project where we're working with something where I get to use something really crazy like, you know, an anime style or whatnot. But that's not too often. But for the most part, you know, there's a a lot of room and wiggle room in that genre of just fantasy where I get to use a lot of different styles.
0: Yeah, that does come in handy to have that many, you know, different uh, projects going on that you can fit somebody. So, you know, when I I tell people who have these questions about, well, what kind of book are you looking for? Uh, for your publishing company and say, well, you know, you need to, you know, if you're going to go look for a publisher, you need to do your homework. And I think the same thing here, where, where you, if you want to uh, be an artist for a certain aspect of, of Wizards of the Coast, you need to study it. Yeah, That's very true, yeah. Emulate that you know particular style uh, and, and then try to impress you. <laughs>
1: No, that's that is actually one of the biggest things I often talk to folks about. Is uh, I'll get they'll come up to me and they'll show me samples, and I'll go, "Great, it's wonderful," but you really don't understand my brand because they're showing me you know pretty pretty ponies and pretty you know flowers and puppy dogs and stuff. And this you know they may have the most amazing skills in the world, but if they don't understand my brand, it's not really going to work for me because I have no understanding of how they can tra- how they can translate from their you know their ponies and their flowers over to Hardcore illustrations with you know fighting warriors and wizards and dragons and all that kind of stuff, and so having doing the research to really understand what the genre is, what the characters are, what the ethos is, what the emotional you know uh, emotional resonance is really makes a difference when you're trying to talk to an art director and and try and pitch them on the idea that you really should be working with them
0: exactly and and that's why I say you know do your homework. Uh, you know, to get to know their brand. You know, get to find out what their styles are, and, and then you know, shoot for them if that's what you want to do. Mm-hmm. Otherwise, otherwise, go work for somebody who who you know emulates your style, or say you know, uh, say where you are.
1: <laughs> exactly. Yeah, that's that, that. We have that conversation quite a bit as well too. And you know, people they'll say, you know, what, what should I do? And the first thing I'll often tell them is. You should look at your own style and understand what you're trying to do and then just go walk through the bookstores and say what publishers are working in that same style and just pick up the book, flip it over, find out who the publisher is, and then figure out how to contact them because that's, you know, sometimes you don't try and force fit your style into a publisher. You find publishers that already work with a style similar to yours and tie into them. You know, that's, that just makes sense and that's an easy way to get to, to um, do work with somebody is to sit here and just show. Hey, I already work with you. I understand how this works.
0: Exactly, exactly. Why make your hard you know, your job harder? So right. You should be trying to you know, you know go into that unless, of course, your stuff is close enough to that style that that it doesn't take too much to tweak it. Yeah, yeah. Okay. And there's some
1: and, and there's some artists who like to they like to have multiple styles and so they they like to stretch and say, oh, it's you know so and so John his looking for artists in this style and i really want to work with john and here i'm going to do a few pieces to show him i can work you know i can do this stuff with you and so um that's a you know that's always a viable option but you really have to do the research kind of going back with, to what you were saying earlier
0: Mm-hmm. now you go into schools and you, i know that you really like to uh you know to touch base with kids
1: tell yeah. us about your
0: projects there
1: Oh, well one of my biggest pastimes is uh mentoring aspiring artists and students. Um I love mentoring. I've I've probably got about 6 or 7 mentors uh programs going on at any one time. Um I like to go into schools quite a bit. Uh just in this la- in this month I've done four. Yeah, I think four uh visits to art, art schools and colleges in the area meeting with students doing talks on portfolio reviews or doing portfolio or doing portfolio reviews and then also going to career fairs and um just chatting with the staff and kind of getting to know uh how I can help out with the staff whether it's coming in as a guest lecturer or whatnot and that's just that's just one of those things i really love i had a I had a mentor when i was growing up in the industry mm-hmm. and uh he taught me everything that i you know ultimately led to me you know, developing a career in the creative industry. And the the big thing he always told me was just, you know, you don't need to do anything except pay it forward. And so that's what I've always tried to do is all these years, and so I've just tried to take what he taught me and then pass it on to other folks and then take the rest of the stuff that was taught to me by other people and pass it on. And so that's, like I said, it's a really big thing for me. I spend a lot of time doing it, and uh, it's just a huge passion
0: yeah obviously you like it, so that's uh you know, makes it nice is getting out nationally, helping uh kids when they're young i think they're uh they're a lot more excited about yeah. life 'cause they haven't you know they haven't had any real major disappointments yet and uh they're excited to do things Or
1: eager. well there's just, yeah there's a lot of eagerness i um i just i had the joy of just letting two uh sophomores in College, I like got to let them know this week that they were going to come and work, do an intern job with me over the summer, and that they're just like they're giddy, you know, about the idea of being able to come and do that. And I'm pretty giddy about it to be honest as well too, because uh, that the energy they bring in to the group is just amazing because they often bring a lot of a new life in to the group, and, and they kind of affect the rest of the creative team as well. So we get to have a lot of fun as well as so they get to learn a lot of stuff.
0: Wow. Well, I know we've got a lot of people coming in the chat. Welcome everyone. Uh, we're talking to John from Wizards of the Coast. I'm sure you probably know that by now, but I just want to make sure you're in the right episode. <laughs> uh, I am dropping in some different links from John's website. Uh, you know, for where he works and opportunities uh, working with Wizards of the Coast and some press information. Uh, you've got something going on. Apparently, the other day, you guys, Netflix and Hasbro announced expanded multi-year kids programming agreement. Well, um, there you
1: go. That's that's even news to me. How about that?
0: <laughs> 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 yeah, that's funny. Yeah, it's, it's like, well, gee, I wish I'd let them no, you know. <laughs> yeah.
1: Well, you know. Hey. It, it's, such a, it's such a big company, such a big brand. There's so much stuff that goes on all the time. It's almost impossible to keep track of it all.
0: Oh, yeah. Yeah, I can imagine so. And your, you guys' website is really, it just, it's just really kicking. Was, um, just on the press page, you got this werewolf that just totally, like, comes out of the screen. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, nice job. Nice job. So, Thanks. And a little bit that you've been to recently. I know that you've you've been go- getting around going to other uh, conventions around the country. Yes, uh
1: not not too many yet this year. Uh um I get, I'm getting ready to go to the Spectrum Live down to Kansas City uh next month. I'll also be coming down to Arizona to see you at Elevicon. Yeah. Uh so I've got going could be a busy May. Um and then I do I do Gen Con. A couple of the art directors on my staff will also be doing Comic Con down in San Diego. Uh, yeah. I do I do uh, a Lux over in Allentown in September. You know, so and then there's a couple of other ones in there. Uh, we got PAX PAX East, PAX Prime. We just we just finished PAX East, but we got PAX Prime coming up in August. So it's, yeah, it's lots of lots of venues going on.
0: Now, uh, Wizards of the Coast doesn't do their own convention, do they?
1: We do not. Uh, Gen Con Con used to be run by Wizards of the Coast, but it's Uh. uh, it's, it's run into privately now. Uh, But that's kind of, I mean, for Dungeons & Dragons, that really is kind of our big premier convention that we go to.
0: Okay, because I I thought I I knew something about that before, that's why I was asking. Yeah. Okay. So you're going to be with us... uh, in about three weeks.
1: Yeah, looking forward
0: to it, too. <laughs> so I'm sure the weather's been, uh, I wonder if the weather's been weird up in Seattle.
1: Well, it's, it's been normal Seattle weather. It's been cool and rainy.
0: Wow. It'd be kind of nice. I just uh, keep going up and down. It's very odd. It's been very strange this year. Yeah. And uh, I think that's what's led to a lot of people you know, getting sick because we're, not, we're used to pretty steady weather. <laughs> <laughs> so, it you know, suddenly gets really cold and rainy, and uh, it's hailing, and then, you know, two days later, it's sunshining, and it's almost 110. So, it's uh, it's weird. Very strange. Yeah. Well, well we, haven't, we haven't hit the hundreds yet, but almost.
1: Sounds like my days in Texas.
0: <laughs> yeah, Texas is more like that.
1: Yeah, yeah.
0: Very odd weather. So, uh, it's, yeah, of course, I've been here for a long time, so... I'm used to this kind of mild weather. So you're going to be with us, and I and I know you're waiting for this because I I I'm obviously going to talk a little bit about Raymond.
1: Uh, oh yes.
0: When, uh, just so everyone knows the whole story here, and and actually I'll be writing about this, and uh, I'm writing something about you and about the uh, the question and answer that we have here today will be in the program book, and. Uh, I first found you uh, because I was thinking of which of the coast, and found your information and, and contacted you to be our, our artist, artist guest of honor. And you nicely told me that that you were <laughs> you were happy to accept that that you were really art director, and uh, whether or not I really wanted you. Well, I still wanted you because. <laughs> you know, you have you have your finger on the pulse of the art industry. Um, especially in, in your neck of the woods. And so uh we made up a, a new title for you. So <laughs> I said I said, Well, that's what being a chair is all about. I can make up titles. So <laughs> So I said and then I said, Okay, now we need to find uh an artist that is solely artists and I uh, was looking through some, you know, some things that your company has done, and Raymond just popped out. He's he so, is so uh, multidimensional. Yes. Is the first word but that he, comes to my mind.
1: He just does just, just go, does gorgeous stuff. I mean, I love the motion, I love the palettes, I love the activity and the emotional resonance he pulls. He just he, Raymond just does amazing stuff. It's great.
0: I can imagine his backgrounds, as anybody's going to know, Raymond Swanlin's going to be our artist guest of honor at Leprechaun this year. And he's uh, something that's you know, new to us, and I don't think he's really done too many conventions yet. So you guys are really going to say, where has this guy been? Um, and he's, his his backgrounds are so, again, they capture so many different colors. Yeah, it does. And his monsters, Yeah, you know, that's obviously what, what interested you. Well, it's, it's, it's his monsters
1: too, but it's also his his uh, characters. He just does amazing characters. And the the thing I've loved about Raymond all these years is the fact that um, he just, he, as artists, we're always dealing with how do we bring something more to an image than because it's it's two you know it's just a flat two D split second moment in time. How do we give it life beyond that that initial glimpse? And that's one of the things that Raymond really does well is he, he puts enough detail in it that it really draws you into the image, brings you around in it, uh, really gets you entranced with what's going on with it. The characters are lively; they've got lots of motion and lots of uh, lots of feeling to them, and he just. I mean, he often works with a rather limited palette, but he just he just brings so much life to the images. It's just amazing, you know. And that's why it was no big surprise to see that one of the covers that he just recently did for me made it into Spectrum Twenty because that his just work is just outstanding.
0: Yeah, and and that's what I was going to bring up. That you know, you guys just found out about that, so that's awesome. And yeah. uh, you know, here we can you know definitely uh, let everybody know. Um, we're bringing bringing that information out uh, for the Leprechaun, of course. Now he does the trading card game. I know he does the, you know, some of the characters on your cards. Does he also work on the D and D side?
1: He does. He does novel covers for me.
0: Oh. Okay.
1: Yeah. I, so I he know does. he
0: does not. I know he He's done a, novel, a couple novel covers for Tor as well.
1: Yeah, he has. Yeah. He, all the smart people use him.
0: <laughs> all, all the ones too. Now, is it that you give him very little information and he's able to capture the idea and of and flavor of what you're looking for? Uh well, it
1: so much depends on which of the, each of the novels that we do. Um sometimes I have a significant amount of information because I have, you know, really known characters or a really known uh location, and so I can give them more rich details. Sometimes it's really minimalistic, so uh what he is really good at doing is, ex, is taking what little detail I do have and just making it so much bigger and richer. And so, like, the the cover that made it in Spectrum 20, uh, it was, he, I gave him a lot of information about the characters, with a very small amount of information about the environment, and he took that little bit of information about the environment and made it super dynamic and super awesome and just, you know, it just played in so well with the whole story. And so... Uh, that really just took everything to the next level. It wasn't just about two characters, and then it was about this whole event that was going on.
0: Wow. Yeah. And that would make it, you know, definitely interesting. I'd like to see that sometime. He uh, did the cover for uh, for the program book. Oh, excellent. And I said, well, it's not really what I had in mind for for rainbows, but... <laughs> <laughs> but he had a uh, created a whole world, really. Yeah, you know, I saying, it's, it, I see what you're saying. It wasn't just a character. Uh, he had a Rhino King, yeah. and he created this this whole world right there in front of me. And I, as as an author, fiction author, I just looking at it, I already came up with a whole idea of backstory with this particular piece. And thought about. I mean, the whole story started playing out in my head. <laughs> that's, uh,
1: when that's when they're good. That's what they can do.
0: Yeah, yeah, exactly. It, it's it's what pulls that piece off the shelf and makes makes you want to buy it. Uh, Is it, when it's that uh, that dimensional. And again, that's the first thing I thought of. As wow, he's got so many layers on here and there's so many different things going on in that piece. Right. Any piece that he does particularly, he's got so many things going on. The action, I mean, it's not it's not a character who's sitting there looking at you. It's a character who's actually doing something. Uh, it's action-oriented most of the time. Yep. And and the world around it is also, uh, you know, being built right there in front of you. So uh, that's what I liked in, about him. I thought, to, This is somebody, when I was looking for uh, an art art guest of honor, I'm looking for somebody who is multidimensional, who can do book covers, who can do um, different art forms, but is just very rich in his capturing of the essence of art. And uh, I think that I was very happy that he said yes. So... uh, We'll be having an interview with him uh, before the before May ninth as well, and he's also staying behind in uh, Arizona for a few extra days. So, just him and see, you know, uh, find out more about him. So, I'm sure he's as multidimensional as his things that he creates.
1: I, I would assume. I, we haven't met in person, so I'm actually looking forward to getting a chance to meet meet in person
0: yeah you tell me that I thought that's was so awesome, yeah' <laughs> everybody is coming in on Thursday night, so uh you guys will all be there for the film festival on Thursday night, and uh, you guys will be able to to meet and talk and 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 relax and and have some fun and not be you know uh forced to do anything. Wouldn't that be nice? Oh, <laughs> better enjoy a lot less, laughs. <laughs> yeah. Because I'm quite sure that uh, there's going to be some uh, other excited. I know there's a few artists who are very excited just to, to meet with you. Yeah. They'll be able to, to you know, uh, show you their stuff, and this is one reason why. So you know what, we need to have an interview with you, and you guys need to listen because that way you can find out more about what John's looking for. <laughs> so tell us about, you know, I, you know, your interesting character yourself. <laughs> yeah, I
1: get told that often.
0: <laughs> uh, and yeah, I had to. I, I got your picture of your you and your motorcycle, and I had it uh, at on a poster, uh, along with you know, other aspects of of uh, your work, down at Tucson Festival of Books. Mhm. And uh, I had a couple of old guys come up and the, they're talking to me and look at it. The, they said. It, is he on a motorcycle? I said, "Yeah." Oh, okay. He said, "It's a." It's, uh, and he, he, he just thought that was so weird. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I, I don't think it's weird. I think it's interesting. And when I found out that you were a blacksmither, I mean that you like blacksmith, that that's that's uh, that's very, That's now that's awkward. That's weird. <laughs>
1: <laughs> no i mean what what better to sit here and be into if if you're uh into the fantasy genres you know somebody who can do blacksmithing you know make your own sword make your own armor all that fun stuff but you know i have a i have a really eclectic um pace in a lot of different things i i, I like to adventure and, and try lots of different experiences so um you know i started i went to a originally was good, taking a class in uh, metal, metal- sculpture and got introduced to blacksmithing and started doing blacksmithing um and I've been doing motors i've been riding motorcycles since I was sixteen years old, and you know it's I just have lots of different interests i mean here I'll throw another one at you. I also like the square dance so me and my <laughs> whole family, me and my okay, whole yeah, family yeah. Goes, <laughs> goes square go square dancing a couple of times <laughs> a week, so there you go. <laughs>
0: Yeah. Well, you know uh, it's kinda of funny but that that's an eastern thing the usually the square dancing and actually northern, because yeah. uh up north is the square dancing uh you, you, they they brought the square dancing down to Arizona you know that's what those who live in the north um That we definitely wasn't born here <laughs> <laughs> so, so, uh, yeah. it, it's, it's fun you like to be multi yeah you liked a lot of different things and that's- crazy. i do i do. I,
1: a lot of people tell me that they're, I'm really hard to pigeonhole because just because uh, I like so many different aspects uh, of, of life. You know, my thing is I just like to go out and try all kinds of fun stuff, and you know, if it excites me, I keep doing it. If it doesn't excite me, uh, then I'll move on to something else. But I'm a well, little that's, bit of a dilettante that way. That's true. Yeah.
0: That's true. I mean, why why not enjoy? You know, try different things. How are you going to know what you like, and what you don't like?
1: That's it. Well, you know, and I've, to be honest, my my world of creativity is much the same way. I got started in the industry as a photographer uh, doing fashion and, and food photography and then started mm-hmm. doing graphic design and did illustration and pottery and sculpture and you know and I just kind of bounced through lots of stuff, did 3D animation. And the great thing about it is when I got to the position I'm in now, having an understanding and, a, and an appreciation and, and working knowledge in all those different uh, specializations within the creative world, Allows me to, in my position, be able to talk to, you know, everything from a, a 3D modeler all the way to an animator to a comic guy to, a, you know, and so I, all those different things helped feed to who I am now. And so uh, when I'm talking to kids, I often re- tell them that, you know, just don't feel like you've got to take take one thing and stick with that for the rest of your life. You know, that's you get to no. explore, play, and have adventure throughout your life, and it's going to all do nothing but feed. Who is the person you're going to be later on in
0: life? Exactly. Yeah. I said, you know, it, it's not any kind of world of, if I'm only stuck with doing one thing in my life. It's, yeah. That's not really what it's, meant, what it's all about. You're meant to, you know, love multiple people. You're meant to love uh, multiple things and try as many things as possible. So you, that way you learn more about yourself.
1: Exactly. So, yeah.
0: yeah, that's my philosophy as well. So that's, that's really cool. have uh, I got a lot of people on on they're listening to you, but you know, it's like, come on, people, come up with some questions. <laughs> just, I, you, you got like, you know, fifteen people sitting here. Come on.
1: Well, they can ask anything. I'll even answer. I'll, I'll even answer the awkward ones sometimes.
0: So, <laughs> so tell us about your family. Your immediate, your close family.
1: Oh, my family. I have uh, my wife uh, Lisa, who will actually be joining me. Down in Arizona, she's looking forward to it. And then we have five kids. Uh, all, most of them, they range from 27 down to almost 16. And uh, one son is down in Texas, and he and his wife live down in the Fort Worth area. And he's also a big D and D fan and comic fan, and loves the, the genre. Uh, my other son's in theater and is actually at the moment is touring down touring tour the country with a band, doing all their lighting and having a great wow. time there. And then I have uh, my two daughters. Uh, uh, one just graduated, just graduated from college, and the other one works in the uh, social ad agency style. I don't even know what their actual title is, but you know she works in the, in the social realm, working with ad advertising and ad placement stuff like that. And then my youngest is in high school.
0: Wow. And, so they're, the, just as,
1: and they're just yeah. as eclectic as I am.
0: <laughs> <laughs> that works out well. That works yeah. out well. And the reason I ask, you know, so people who are dropping out, the reason I ask you these questions is because it makes you a real person. Oh, okay. Uh, you, uh, that way, you know, people who want to come up to you and talk to you, uh, is like you got to remember that he's a real person. Uh, and that's you should treat them accordingly. <laughs>
1: <laughs> yes, and I'm also the real person who loves to talk, so they, they can always feel free to come over and chat, and I love to answer questions and talk about stuff, and if you get me talking about art, I'll talk for days and days and days, so I'm not a shy yeah. flower.
0: So when, when you're here in town, uh, hopefully you guys will be able to get out and do a couple things while you're here. That'd and be cool.
1: That- I do I've only been to Arizona a couple of times. So,
0: so what have you seen when you've been here before?
1: Um, Phoenix is about the only place I we were at and we didn't even get to see a lot there. It was just kind of a cruising through town. We were just on our way cruising from Texas on a, all on over to uh, California, so it was uh-huh. kind of just a, a whirlwind tour through Arizona. Uh-huh.
0: Well, ah. Yeah, really? this is a good time of year? Uh it's pretty mild and uh it's it's nice and breezy so it's definitely outdoor weather as Excellent. you should be going outside and 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 doing things uh, a lot of things are in bloom so uh i thought i'm going to on i think it's sunday night to uh the botanical gardens which is really really everything's in full bloom right now oh, so so we will let you guys know, and so that way uh, you guys can get out. Definitely should get out on Friday, you know, before everything starts. Uh, you can get out and do something, and that, that'd be good for you guys. Excellent. We'll do that. Somebody we we'll make some suggestions. I'm sure that my friends will make some suggestions for you on <laughs> Thursday night.
1: <laughs> so tell me so, about the art show.
0: The art show. Art show. Well. Uh, let see, we are taking up three ballrooms this year for the art show. Wow, it's great. Yeah, yeah. And uh, this will be the first year, actually, we have some uh, an autistic group called uh, Seeds uh, for Autism. And they are they have some people who are putting up works as well this year.
1: That's awesome. Yeah,
0: cause these are uh, usually kids who are just out of high school, but are trying to find their way in the world and um this helps them to be able to find you know to work in the community um outside of their you know usual community that they're used to trying to get them out and uh, and comfortable in the world so that's what we said yes we definitely want to get these kids and you know involved with uh, putting putting their stuff up for sale. So this will be the first time they've ever done this. Uh, so we're real excited to have them on board. Yeah, that's so a great opportunity. Yeah, that's <laughs> so, yeah, so and that really is what it should should be all about. I mean, it's, uh Leprechaun is uh, foremost, and so, uh, as such, it's we you know obviously still genre related, but. Uh, and we do have, uh, obviously, our, our our author guest of honor and things like that. But we mm-hmm. we mostly have art, which is why I said you know uh, we should we should have not only an art guest of honor but our industry guest of honor, which is the first time that I think they've ever done that. Um, you know, because after all, that's what Lebicon's about is is mostly art, artistic, um, and. The other there's another convention in town that's mostly literature, and uh, so you know they got their. It's the same genre. We we all work together and pretty much do the same things, but we're mostly art related. So our our show is real important to us because again that the showcases local talent as well as outside of our area talent. So anybody can send their stuff uh, to us, and so for those who want to know, hey maybe I should send some things. Yes, we're still accepting some stuff. We've got uh, probably about more than three quarters of our panels already sold, and uh, and quite a few of the tables. As we have like tables for sculpture, um, jewelry work. So you know, we we think a lot of things are artistic. Uh, so we got a lot of tables for that. Individual um, pieces. You know, some uh, if you're selling prints. Um, you can also have a basket there with with prints and be able to sell them there as well. So uh, we're definitely we're all around type of art show.
1: Lots of great great opportunities for artists
0: then. Yeah, oh, yeah, definitely, yeah, definitely. I, I think the more variety, the better. Because as as I have often said, <laughs> for the last couple of years I've been writing, uh, managing editor for a newspaper. Uh, it's it's speculative fiction. In nature, speculative is very broad. It's like yeah. you. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> You're eclectic. You love a lot. You love a lot of different things. Well, and I love going.
1: I love going to the art shows at the events because it's a, it's another great venue for me to try and find new artists and and see who what people are doing and what's going on out there.
0: That's great because that I'm working on your schedule and Friday night um, after the meet the pros you will be able to have a chance to walk through the art show with the other artists anybody wants to go with you um, to talk about the different pieces in the show and um, and and give you know if they happen to be with you give them some direction on what their style is and all that so definitely uh, you and Raymond will be and and Jeffrey Jeff Perryman will be able to uh, share in that so that's just be awesome
1: sounds like great fun
0: and on sunday i i have these so that way you have um an hour i think hour an hour and a half to actually t- talk to anybody who has their uh, uh i went i went blank <laughs> i did what you did earlier uh all their their show- you know everything that they have their their body of works and you' be right. able to, oils, to, yeah yeah, and be able to uh, take a look at it and and advise them in any direction. So uh, I know a few uh, local artists who are definitely looking forward to talking to you. So, yeah, I've
1: had a, I've had a couple of them contact me saying they're they're looking forward to getting together.
0: Ah, see, that's that's definitely entrepreneurial of them. There you go. <laughs> And I said, you know, you're open to do that kind of things. You're definitely an open guy, and able to talk to people. And uh, I think they'll they'll feel really they should benefit from that. So, um, anything else you want to talk to me about? I'm starting to run out. People aren't giving me anything. <laughs> <laughs> um, I had all good, all the good juicy stuff at the beginning. And yeah. People, come on! I'm, I'm running out of out of questions. I. That, you know, I wanna say some things for when he's here. Uh so I'm well, hoping the, that you guys would ask me something. <laughs> yeah.
1: One of the big questions I get all the time is uh um th- uh, do I have a preference for digital or for traditional? And so that's uh, always that's always one of those fun questions, especially when you're talking with artists. And I'm one of the rare birds out there who says that basically for me, digital is just another tool, just like uh just like your your Pencils, or your, or your paints, or your whatever. I mean, digital is just another tool. And for me, understanding the use of your tools is more important than what tools you actually use. Uh, one of the stories I like to tell is, uh, I, I love traditional pa- paintings just because I love the smell of them. I love the, you know, I love the look of them, the feel of them. Um, but even in that, I used to have an artist that I worked with for many years. Who uh, did a lot of knife work in his paintings, and he got over the years. He kept getting more and more stylistic with his knife work to the point where his knife work became more of the emphasis than the rest of the image. And when we he, he hit that point, I had to stop working with him simply from the fact that you know when his tool became so overbearing that it it dominated what the image was, and the image no longer had a voice outside of it, just mark making it became it became a problem, and that's often what i when I talk to students about whether they do a traditional or digital that's what I try and talk to them about is the fact that it's you know it's just about it's just another tool, and it's when your tool gets in the way of the voice of the image is that it's a problem, not whether it's you're using a traditional or a digital you know so folks who sit here and use heavy reliance on just stock blurs and, and, and starbursts and all that kind of stuff to sit here and create their imagery, that's when it, you have tend to have problems with uh, with whether it's digital or traditional. You know, and it's not even the fact that it's digital, it's the fact that you're using a device to sit here and create a visual mark that takes all the life out of it. And so i often say, you know, amazingly people have been able to paint blurs for millions of years, well, maybe not millions of years, but thousands of years, uh, without ever having a blur tool, so instead of using a blur tool to create a blur, paint a blur and so uh when artists start doing that, then the tool becomes less important, and the visual and then the vision of the, of the and the voice of the image actually gets to come out so that 's usually my stand on digital versus traditional
0: wow uh, that's a great that's a great uh, analogy there um do you think that's a digital sometimes uh the the colors are a little more vibrant because of the fact that they are digital?
1: Um. Well, that really depends. I mean, because when you're talking about on-screen, obviously on-screen has a greater gamut than uh, print materials do, like where you're using four-color press where you're having to mm-hmm. deal with a CMYK build. You know, so your greens and your blues are never quite as vivid as they would be in print. Um, but at the same point, if you've got... Um, you know, if you've got a super great printer and you're using a lot of the the high end printing methods where you're getting a beyond the just the straight CMYK, um, you can start to pick up some of those colors as well too. Um, so good
0: point. Very good point.
1: Yeah, that really just kind of depends on what you're trying to do and what the, the final end item is, because I've had pieces of art that just look stellar when I get them in and I look at them and I go, that's great, but now when I throw a CMYK four-color process gamut on top of it, everything mm-hmm. goes bland and all the color drops out of it. Yeah. So it's not, even though the original image was beautiful, we really have to. When we're doing our painting and our illustration, we really have to do it from the standpoint of thinking about what the end product's going to be. So it doesn't do me any good to sit here and paint with, paint with day greens and yellows and reds if I know that I'm going to be working on a full-color pr- printer that's not going to be able to reproduce them.
0: Yeah. I get that question a lot uh, because of the fact that, you know, uh, whether or not you print on a, a real press or whether you print on digital. Yeah. Uh, and you know, toners or and, and digital printers are uh, a little more vibrant. But again, it does depend on who is you're using and what your resolution is, and so many different aspects. You know, I I, I said you know that's that's a hard question to answer because of the fact that you don't know unless you know where, exactly what you're working on, and and then uh, how did that that artist create it?
1: Right. Uh, and yeah, that's another tough thing. I mean, I, I get it all the time. Um, especially when we're starting to talk about digital art, it gets really frustrating sometimes because I'll have an artist who will send me their art and we'll get it printed and they'll say, oh, my goodness, John, what the heck did you do my art? It looks terrible. <laughs> and I'm like, well, I, you know, I, it looks it matches exactly what I've got on my screen, you know, and so I'm not sure why it is. Well, their screen is calibrated differently than my screen, and so they when they were printing it up, they saw it looking different, and so that's often... The you know, this thing we also have to be aware of is that digital is only as good as the other person's monitor or the other person's <laughs> material. Yes. So it may be, it look may look awesome on yours, but if your monitor isn't calibrated correctly to a standard, you know, industry standard, and mm-hmm. and they're looking on a PC versus you looking on a Mac, it's versus you know, it, it, oh, it yeah. all kinds of wonky things. So.
0: Yeah, because they, you know, I remind them, says, yes, well, you created a CMYK, but you know, this is an RGB monitor that you're looking at. Yeah. That's two different medias. Yeah. So as, you know, most people don't, you know, don't understand that because they don't, they don't live in that world. <laughs> uh, I've had 22 years of graphic design experience. Uh, I know that that uh, it's, it does matter which which uh calibration you have and it doesn't matter what it is it you're creating it. I, I have people who send me things that are that are layered so much and they don't get rid of the layers. Yeah. And and it's just like it becomes bud when they print it. And it's like, Oh my gosh, what'd you what did you do, like you said and I I said, Well, you had all these other layers, what do you expect me to do? Fix it for you?
1: <laughs> Sometimes that happens, so
0: yeah, you want me to fix it? As I asked you. You want me to fix it? You say you say no. Leave it as is. Uh, that means that you just you crunch all the layers. There's nothing I can do with it. I can't fix it because you you already put up the layers on top of each other, and and there's no way to separate them. Yeah. Uh, so you've got uh, all those different colors uh, competing on one thing, and I I've seen some works that are you know a good. Uh, I mean the the ink just completely raises on the page because how many different layers they have.
1: Yeah, you got to like, watch out for your densities, yeah.
0: Yeah, and and that's something that you know I've found teaching other people. Ink density density is is really what can kill your vibrancy of your work. So, uh you know don't give me a bunch of different layers because that's going to ruin that's going to ruin it. Um if you wanted to send it to me with different layers, because you know I can pull out those layers and use it, then just tell me that's what you're going to do. Okay. <laughs> I did have uh, uh, Francesco last year who did that. He gave me an art piece, and because I had was wanted to um, uh, banners for artwork on on the program book, so I said, go ahead and keep it in the same file, and I'll just pull out the different layers, and so that was easy, easy enough to do you only have to send had 71 piece. So, uh trick that we can you can do as long as you've got a big, uh, a big enough uh a great a best better bandwidth so that way you can download that huge file. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and uh somebody on the other end who, who can go ahead and pull it out and have no problem with it. So, uh yeah, working with with artists are interesting and and uh, it's it's sometimes really really awesome and sometimes it's it's hard. So have you ever dealt with someone who's who's you know you don't have to say who it is, but just <laughs> just wouldn't listen to you.
1: Well, I think every art director has those horror stories where you have um, artists or designers that you're working with that are unwilling or are unable to take direction. I mean, because there's a reason our titles say art direction is because that that's part of our jo- job is to sit here and make sure that things are fitting within uh, certain parameters of a brand. So, you know, I've had artists where I uh, ask them for, I need a picture of some elves in it, and they'll sit here and give me these elves that, they're elves, but they're not my D&D elves. And so we'll go back and forth about that, and, you know, and they may not be able to t- May, maybe unwilling to make those changes, and and then we'll often have to go into kill fees and stuff like that. But um, you know, and that's a horrible thing. I hate when we have a relationship like that that falls apart for a couple of reasons. One, you know, they're talented illustrators. I like to work with them. You know, but at the same point, if we can't work together, then it's it's always a team event. And so, if we can't work together, it's just not going to fly. But then also the other side so many folks forget the fact that our industry, you know, despite as big as the industry is, it's really small in a lot of regards. You know, there's there's a small handful of art directors, and we uh, many of us know each other in the industry, and we uh-huh. chat and converse all the time. And so uh, when you do something that impacts on your relationship with an art director in the industry – Chances are the other art directors hear about it and understand what's going on, and then they and get they get very gun shy about working with you as well too, because they're afraid the same thing might happen to them. Oh yeah, but that's a really important thing to remember when we're working with folks is that uh, our relate our relationship directly affects what our reputation is going to be, and that reputation spreads like wildfire, whether it be good or bad, really really fast.
0: Yeah, uh, it really does uh, raise bells. Got people that if you uh, start complaining to like I get this a lot, like right? Somebody's complaining about their previous printer, um, and they're you know it's here talking to me. I'm sitting here. I'm I'm at a print shop, and it says you're complaining about the other printer. What is that? And and bad mouthing the printer. And oh yeah, you had a, another problem with another printer in town, and so that makes two printers that you that you are not happy with in town, I'm going to, why would you, why would I want to work with you? Yeah. <laughs> because, more than likely, I'm going to do something that you're not going to like too. It
1: could be that, yeah.
0: Yeah, so, sometimes it's not, it's not, uh, the business that you're working with. Sometimes, you're just not, working within the parameters that you should work and not listen to people who want to know. Uh yeah. That's, that's how you've got to work, and that's why it's really important for art directors and, and, and designers. And that, listen to the printers.
1: Yeah, there's that too.
0: It's, they, man, they're, they're a wealth of information, and if you really listen to them, your stuff is going to look a lot better coming out.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: So uh, that's,
1: that's anytime you're working with an expert, you should always sit here and help and use the expertise that they're offering to you.
0: Sure. I'll sit there and I'll, I'll listen and I'll, I'll take it. Um, and and that's one reason why I don't have any problem with working with printers. Because I actually listen to them. <laughs> I say, how can I make this work with you? And they'll tell me. <laughs> and I say, okay, see, now I didn't waste my time. And I got a beautiful piece. Yeah. So uh that's, that's really the key is, is yeah, sometimes things happen um but if you listen if if you get go walk in the door to begin with and say hey, i I'm looking to do this, um how can I make this work on your press then uh and listen to them, you usually uh, bypass a lot of problems that is true, so take what other of- yeah really, take advantage of of the you know experts. In the industry, because that's just one reason why they they've had few years and years of experience, and they know their equipment better than anybody else. Yeah. So, who else do you work with um, other than artists? And if okay, here's a question I have: Do you deal with the authors themselves when it comes to story writing?
1: On, in a limited degree, so we'll have a I I will work with them. Um uh, some point usually it's let me let me step back for a second and say this again. I work with them on the, in the fact that often when we're doing we'll have like a couple of artists summit during the year where we'll bring all the authors out and we and we meet with them, and the story guys sit down and talk about story and the editors get in there and they sit here and plot out what they're gonna be doing over the next you know year or two years and whatnot and then part of what I do at that point is i is I will work with them to to try and glean information from them about the characters, about the settings, about what's going on in the world so that when we get ready to do their uh, covers or any tiny, any world building that we're doing around that that I get as much information as I can. Um you know, we'll bounce emails back and forth every now and then. Um you know, and then we always share, you know, oh, look, we got this art done for the book cover cuz I always like to get their feedback on it. Um my joy my joy is when they sit here and say, "Oh, that rocks. It's awesome." And when they write back and say that's not what that person looks like at all, then it's then it's not nearly as much fun. But no. yeah, so we get, we work with them. I work with them in a limited degree. Obviously, the editors work with them in a much greater degree. Um, but I do get the I do get the opportunity to work with them occasionally and have some fun. And we chat, like I said, we do a lot of emails. So.
0: So I did just get a question on that a, from an author friend of mine. They said, how do they get a... Into be able to work with uh, which of the coast? Do you guys have opportunities for authors to be able to work in your world?
1: That's an excellent question, one of which I don't know how to answer.
0: <laughs> <laughs> um,
1: uh, wow, I really don't, you know, if it's an art question, I can answer it. But on that side, I don't have any understanding. Um, I assume that... I know that our editors used to sit here and take submissions for storylines and story options like that, and uh, but that's—I don't know if that's something they're still doing. If you go onto our website, you Mm -hmm. can often find out about uh, about submission details there.
0: Okay. So what what he's saying is he's passing the buck and.
1: <laughs> yes, I am passing the buck to
0: the website. <laughs> and to go ahead and and obviously do your guys' homework and uh, get on the website and find out a little more about what they're accepting right now. So um, that's the answer to that. You guys do your homework and find out. That
1: it's my great non answer. being
0: available here. <laughs> I think it's just trying to find out uh, more about what your company does and what it does and what it does you. Um I see that you have six thousand employees.
1: Do we? Well that's that's much bigger than I thought.
0: And that you have offices in forty countries.
1: That we do, yes. All over the place.
0: So obviously you're you're also building brands or expanding brands in other countries to uh under obviously 'cause other countries have different uh likes and dislikes and and that's why you have different offices in other countries.
1: Well, it's a it's a combination of uh, things. It's uh, sale everything from sales offices to um we have brands like Magic Gathering where they they have a uh international pro tour where they have competitions throughout the the globe where people can sit here and compete to get to the pro tour, and then get to, all the way down to the World Cup, where they can sit here and vie for. I mean, I think last year they had like a three million dollar purse or something crazy like that. Wow. Uh, and so we have offices over there um, in that regards and sales and whatnot. And so there's lots of different uh, offices. We also have like Hasbro has the Hasbro Far East, which is our is our big production uh, group over there. In, in the Far East, and, you know, just lots of different offices for lots of different reasons, so it just really kind of depends what's going on.
0: Wow. That's, uh, yeah, like I said, your your company's so diverse, so you guys just need to, you know, get on to try and find out uh, all these different opportunities they have in, in different countries. I know we have some people that listen in from... Uh, from Europe and, and also from uh, London England. So, hello, everyone. And uh, I I can't think of anything else at this point because that was the last one and it's the only one anybody's given me. And I'm running, I'm running out of fodder here. Isn't that just awful? <laughs>
1: well, you have been talking for almost an hour. It's not that bad.
0: Yeah, it's been a little over an hour. And so uh, I, I think that everyone's starting to to move around here but I've got to say some things uh, obviously we'll have more as soon as I get off the phone i say oh I should ask him that <laughs> <laughs> and that's okay I'll see you in a few weeks so we'll definitely save that uh, the questions that we do get um, we'll go ahead and put it on uh, into a, a file and, and that way your interviewer during uh, during your particular hour and a half uh, introduction on Saturday uh, we'll have something to ask you. So
1: <laughs> Sounds like fun.
0: Sounds like fun. So I'm looking forward to meeting you in person. And uh, I'll see you Thursday night on the 9th. And uh, we'll just have some fun.
1: Sounds like a great time. I've, I'm, gonna, I'm encouraging as many people as I can to come and uh, attend and come hang out and have some fun.
0: Definitely. Uh, again, with all the different varieties... Uh, the Hasbro's in, you know, you guys are comic books. I mean, come on, you know, May's an, a big, huge month for comic books. So you got to come in and, and, and meet John and, and get into what's going on in, in that particular huge company. Uh, bring lots of questions. Bring lots of questions. There you go. That way we don't have to come up with them ourselves. <laughs> <laughs> so with that, I'm going to say good night, and I really appreciate your time what I'm going to do is I'm going to send you a couple of these questions and, and that way you can answer them. Um, one that you just brought up was a perfect one because it, we actually have a panel on that particular question. Okay, great. Uh, isn't that funny? <laughs> so uh, I'll ask you that particular question and that way I can, uh, whatever your answers are, I'll go ahead and put that into the uh, program book. So it's going okay. be a few questions. And so, with that, I'm going to wish you an awesome night and uh, and enjoy the rest of the evening. Okay.
1: You as well, and thank you for the opportunity.
0: Oh no, thank you. Appreciate it. Okay. Good night. Good night. That was John, and Wizards of the Coast. And we just wanted to let you know again, Leprechaun is from the ninth through the twelfth of May. Yes, I know for those in Phoenix it's two weeks before phoenix comic con um but still, we got some awesome things going on. We got the phoenix uh, we've got the film festival there on Thursday night, and we're still accepting submissions for that, so uh definitely get a hold of me on Facebook or if you know um Bob Nelson, he's helping run that. So definitely get a hold of him because he's taking submissions still for the film festival on Thursday night. And uh, Friday night we will have meet the pros right at the at the convention, which is going to be at the Mesa Marriott, right in the heart of Mesa. Um, also the same weekend as making the Second Friday, so you guys can you know have some fun over there and and go. Cool on over to the Meet the Pros uh, at 7 o'clock in the evening. Uh, We've got things going on from about 2 in the afternoon. I should know because I'm doing programming. And a lot of really cool panels and and workshops and demos that you guys can uh, can be part of. Obviously, John's going to be there all weekend. Uh, He's staying until uh, Sunday evening, and then he'll be leaving. Uh, Raymond Swann will be actually a little longer, so... If you would like to meet these people, really need to get it, come on over. Also, uh, as far as artists, uh, we're talking about author, guest of honor. We're going to have an interview with him uh, next week, perhaps, uh, working on that. John uh, was so gracious to give us time. Uh, Jack Medeva is our author, guest of honor, and he's coming in from Georgia. So we are very excited to have him. First time that he's actually been in Arizona. For one of our cons, uh, be the first, and of course, I consider Jack one of the uh, last real science fiction authors out there. Um, in that, he doesn't write fantasy; he writes pure science fiction. So, uh, definitely need to come on out to Leprechaun as he was going on because uh, we got a lot of things. So obviously, Leprechaun dot com. Oh, I'm sorry, The website is Leprechaun dot org slash L E P that's Lep thirty nine and I uh, get you directly into Lep Leprechaun thirty nine website where all this you know all of our guests of honors are and uh, we've got you know Filk going on, we've got a lot of other things uh, going on all weekend. Um and we'll also be doing the Geek Off competition. So if you are a member and wish to be a part of the Geek Off competition, to definitely sign up on on Friday night. And uh, we've got different uh, challenges, uh, a couple challenges on, on Saturday, and then another challenge on Sunday, and then we'll be kinging and quinging uh, whoever wins the Geek Off competition. So it'll be... Um, Kind of like the you know the, the TBS competition, uh, King of the Nerds. So it's in that kind of uh, fun uh, setting with different challenges. Uh, we've got the lunar rover racing, which is a telepresence, uh, and that's going on on Saturday. So it'd be a lot of fun not only to try uh, to get through the gauntlet using nothing but a monitor, but also uh, being able to be a part of. Uh, our first ever geek off competition. Uh we've got media going on, that's uh, a all weekend but specifically obviously for for Thursday night. So come on over and have some fun. Uh, next weekend or next week we've got a another interview with uh Nathan Blackwell from Squishy Studios. Uh Squishy Studios has uh brand new launch uh Voyage Trekkers. And their lunch party is on the 30th of April, 6 p.m. here in Arizona. That's Voice Trekkers, which is a webisode, Uh, Nathan from Squishy Studios. Uh, We have an interview with him at the same time, same bad channel, uh, Wednesday the 24th. So with that, I'm going to wish you guys a very good night, and I'm going to go have dinner. So... uh, Hope to see you at any given opportunity. I'm all over the place all weekend, so hope to see you guys out there. This is K Radio, and this is Patty Holstrand signing out.